Hey, fellow nerds, geeks, and lovers of the fandom. So, really quickly, so this is very different for us, but Ooh. you know, we're like podcasters. But <laughs> if you all enjoy listening, <laughs> if you all enjoy listening to the Color Pages Book Club and are looking for more colorful reviews, we actually have a recommendation for you. Yes. So, there is a platform called Black Nerd Problems, and they basically have everything you need, whether it's movies, TV shows, <gasps> comics, what? cosplay, books. If you're looking for like a niche like resource to like kind of like nerd out about these things, these folks got you covered. Hey, yeah. So if you're interested, check them out at blacknerdproblems.com and and find them at b n p l i t and at blacknerdproblems. So that's Instagram and Twitter. So you know, y'all kids know what to do. So come for the pop right. culture, <laughs> stay for the X Men memes. I know I will. You should too. Maybe we'll run into each other there. Yeah. Exactly. And we'll just be like, oh my God, we also found each other on Black Nerd Problems. <laughs> That's like, weird. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're like making friends. So, like, support them. Support them because they're really, really dope. Yeah. But yes, let's get to the show. Hi, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And we're back with another episode of the Color Pages Book Club. A bi- Won't you do it? Right? A bi-weekly podcast that focuses on <laughs> fiction, fantasy, and, 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 and magical realism written by writers from Colorful Backgrounds. A Colorful Backgrounds. Yes. So today we'll be continuing our journey talking about Dread Nation, but we actually have a little guest. What? So we're going to be interviewing someone by the name, yes, a whole ass atomic guest. <laughs> so it's not going to be for the first part of the episode, but later on when we have our discussion section, we're going to be talking to a fellow podcaster by the name of Curtis, who has a show called I Found This Great Book, which is a podcast dedicated to helping readers of diverse stories to find their next book to read. So we met Curtis online recently. We just have a hell of friends. <laughs> Black Nerd Problems. We got Curtis. Like, we're like low-key. Like, are we popular? Regina like, I think, I think we're popular. <laughs> right. So... Curtis is really, really dope, and you should definitely check out his show, but we're going to be actually having our, like, discussion discussion with him later. But yes, so we're super excited for that. Yeah, it feels like we're a real book club. Like, we sit and drink tea and cucumber sandwiches and shit. It's great. Right. I, like, forget that book clubs have more than two people. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, like, in a book club, and it's like, you talk to your one friend about books. Is, it, is that a club? Does that a club make? Like, is this what we're doing right now, Marcy? Like... Isn't it, like, not a party if there's not three people at least, right? I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, is this a club? Like, who knows? Like, um, but, uh, hey, well, there's that. Here's another, Marcy, here's another cool thing. Mm-hmm. We actually got our first listener email. A listener. Oh, my God. I know, right? Uh, so exciting. So, a listener by the name of J.D. Banks sent us an email saying that they loved our voices and our commentary, as well as magical realism. They also offered some of their favorite book suggestions for magical realism. So, like, maybe in the future we can read some of them. Okay. Uh, anyway, yes. but J- thank you, thank you, JD. Yeah, we're oh my God. stupidly happy to hear oh from God. you. We like people like listen <laughs> and like <laughs> value our opinions. <laughs> it's like someone was like, "I care that they have these thoughts." It's like, wow, like shit. Okay, thanks, y'all. Shit. Um, yes, JD, thank you so much. But in all seriousness, it's like we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the love, and yeah, we'll definitely be looking at those recommendations. So before we jump into part two of Dread Nation. Mm-hmm. As per usual, I have a question. Hit me, hit me with the question. Okay, so this is a little bit more of a hypothetical. You know, it's going to take a little second to do the setup. So you okay. 
you, Marcy, have been bitten by a shambler. And you feel yourself turning. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, there's Shit. no time. There's no, okay. You can't write a will. You know, there's, uh, there's no time to spare. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. On your right are all the rich citizens of Summerland, along with all the drovers mm-hmm. who have been putting you out on the patrol to fight the shamblers. So everyone you hate. Oh, sh- uh, okay. On the left is a wooded area where you can go in and mm-hmm. no one will get hurt. But okay. But there's a catch. Standing in front mm-hmm. of all the rich citizens and the drovers is the one uh-huh. person you love the most. They will be turned <sighs> if you go that way. So what do you see, choose? See, this... Because at first I was like, girl, killing the white people who have wronged me, that's clearly the direction I'm going to go. Right. But like, fuck, the person I love the most. Mm. <sighs> okay, so... And we'll go into this in more detail during the summary, but basically Summerland is like an awful place for black people. Yeah. So I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, so if I'm turning and I like either could like eventually kill all these motherfuckers, but like in the process kill the one person I love most yep. or just go into the forest and disturb no one and like be, a- <sighs> see, I'm I'm torn because it's like, I feel like while I'm just like, okay, like obviously I don't want to kill the person I love the most. A part of me is like, if that person is also black, like, I don't know, like, would it be better if they turned? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, is there, are they really living a life in Summerland, you know? So, like, I'm just like, and in the process, I get to kill all the white people who, like, did, all, like, awful things. Or I could just leave and then, like, let the status quo remain and just, like, join the Shamblers and, like, eat horses. <laughs> oh, my God. This is actually, oh, my, this is kind of tricky. I, mm. But then I feel like, I'm not sure what the emotional depth is of of shamblers, but I feel like even if I like were to turn my friend like as a shambler, like I feel like that would like maybe that would bother me that I like did that to them because uh. like shamblers aren't really like they're not really living the life here. Right. Like the shit's kind of Sucks. gruesome and disgusting. Oh yeah. I think okay. So as much as I want to be petty and be like yo fuck white people, I do think I would just run into the forest and join other shamblers and just. <laughs> live that life and like but then it's like is the guilt of leaving my friend worse than the guilt mm. of having turned them because at least if i turn them we could stay together Fair. but then like do they want to stay together with me do they want to be like thrown into that kind of life Ooh. like that wasn't really concerned like a vampire situation i think i would go into the forest oh yeah okay. i think i would go into the forest because it's just like it's i just feel like i would just be even if we were like sh- shamblers and we were like riding with other shamblers and we're like yo like, we're like the <laughs> shambler girls it's like but like you didn't choose to be a shambler girl like i forced you right. to do this so yeah i think i would just go into the forest but like write like a really nastily worded email to the white people of several <laughs> yeah i think i would do that in, in the time <laughs> what right do you think excuse me dear right. people, please stop being evil right. and stop using us for electricity i guess bye <laughs> exactly to whom it may concern i actually find it a bit appalling that like you have people subjugated to this sort of like like, just like pull out all the words and i'll be like wow like this like black bitch like knew how to read and has access to email and like the right um but yeah what do you (laughs) what do you think um that's a good question at first i was like oh i would totally turn everyone i'm you know i'm a badass i can do that da 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 and then I was like, no, but actually picture someone you love. And I was like, no. So, right. You know I'll be in the woods with you. <laughs> True. Running around being upset. We just like read books in the woods. <laughs> right. Right. I'll be like, oh, my arm came off. Marcy, what now? 
<laughs> right well, like we just have to figure this shit out um but also can you imagine like me as a shambler like honestly like they just like shamblers just sound really like just like gross and like unmoisturized Truly. and like dirty and i'm just like oh god Truly. just like take me out like oh shit like oh anyway this is a whole aside but yeah is being a shambler just being hella ashy is that what it really is like <laughs> i feel like that's like really what it is like you know how like this is oh my god you remember how like <laughs> Did you ever watch The Proud Family? With the gross sisters? Yeah, I was, okay, there we go. I was like, you know, like, they were so ashy, they were blue. I feel like it's kind of something like that. Like, it's Truly. like, you're so ashy that you just, like, desire human flesh. I just feel like... Um, <laughs> like, it's just, like, next level. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's just, like, really, it's just, like, wow, like, we didn't even realize this is a thing. It has but. nothing to do with brains. We just, like, want that moisturizer, you know? Exactly. And, like, blood, I guess, is some form of, like, moisture. Right. And, like, maybe, what if, like, the like the cure to all of this plague is just, like, just Vaseline? Like, just, like, a really just nice, like, like, just, like, some cocoa butter. Like, if you just <laughs> gave them cocoa butter maybe instead of beheading them they will like turn back okay. bro what if that's a thing oh uh, justina all we're saying is that for the sequel i mean hey. i mean that's a plot device right there, there you, you know so just you know just hit us up <laughs> all right well well before well um, <laughs> what a mess <laughs> what is this <laughs> so yeah so i guess on that surprisingly <laughs> pacifist note we'll take a little bit of a break and then when we get back we'll jump into our previous predictions and go into the plot summary of part two of dread nation So before, before we get into the uh, the summary, <laughs> let's see. You guys get to know our predictions, and then you can match it against what actually happened and tell us if we're right or wrong. So if I remember, mm-hmm. I suggested a possible love triangle between Jackson, Jane, and Mr. Gideon. I thought Jane mm-hmm. and Catherine would become friends, not just frenemies, true and blue friends. Mm-hmm. I thought Mr. Redfern was doing like his own little secret come up plan and somehow Miss Duncan would be a part of it and they'd be like ride or die together, you know. Right, like a whole thing. Right, like a whole sub story. Like it's a whole plot story that we didn't know about. <laughs> like an entire story. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, I was like, you know, these zombie stories usually end pretty badly. So it's probably not going to end well for our characters. And lastly, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of like, this Shamblet outbreak was probably orchestrated by like civil society. And now Jane has to make a cure and save everyone, you know, because she reads and she knows stuff about biology, which everyone else right. is not too keen on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we all know what happened when like right. they were like, what do you think caused this? And like Jane was like bacteria and they were like, girl, this bitch think bugs is the reason for shamblers and she was like oh my god (laughs) what the fuck i know we're in the 1800s but jesus christ cool so for me i'm trying to remember oh yeah so i think one of my predictions was that mr gideon was like egalitarian like on the slick Mm. and like will low-key become like part of our like band of heroes so definitely that he was like a low-key like he was a low-key one with it I figured that basically everyone at some point would like escape Summerland and then like Jane would have her revenge and kill the mayor, Miss Anderson and Miss Preston. I figured that like Jane's mom wouldn't be alive or at least like by the time they found her, like she wouldn't be alive just because I felt like the whole like letter motif, like sending all these letters and like them not really being delivered. It was kind of like, okay, like is this like symbolism? What else? I thought that Jackson was definitely going to die. I figured that Lily and, like, the Spencers would be found at some point, and they would just become... Basically, like, when Jane went rogue and, like, fucked everything up, like, they would just, like, be part of that ass whooping right. that, like, you know, was on the winning side. And that there would be a low-key race uprising! Right. 
So just like a lot of positive, great <laughs> thoughts. Um, but yes, but let's go into the plot summary and we'll just kind of compare and contrast and see where we landed. Because honestly, looking at this, I'm like, we, I mean, you know, I mean, some of these are kind of far off. But right. like but some of, some of are, these, I mean, we, yeah. you know, got it right on the money. Right. So yeah. So let's jump into the summary. Okay. When we last left off, Jane was like, I'm not going to whatever church service y'all have planned. I'm going to do something else. So she heads over to the town brothel and meets this woman named the Duchess. And she's in charge of the brothel. And mm-hmm. she's dope and lets her stay and clean up. And it's like, ooh. So then after that, they are forced to go <laughs> to the church. Which Does anyone <laughs> say woo in Summerland? <laughs> no. Is anyone really happy in it's Summerland? It's a very depressive place. <laughs> right, like they're in a brothel yeah, in a Christ. town where everyone's racist, so they get awful. So anyway, so while they go into the church, <laughs> uh, Jane runs into Bill, uh, the racist enforcer, and this messed up preacher named Snyder, and he's really creepy, and he's like, I know how to handle disobedient black folks because... When I was in South Carolina before the war and I worked at a tobacco plantation, you're like, all right, all right, Snyder, we get it. You're abusive. We get it. Chill. We get it. You're racist. We get it. (laughs) Damn. Just just standing strong in the racism. I was like, my God. So then there's like a dinner. And if you guys don't know, the dinner is separated. So the rich whites eat in the nice part of town and the poor whites and the blacks eat at this other different eating area. And so at dinner, mm-hmm. Jane meets another young woman named Ida, and she gives her insight on how black folks are living in the South. Living is a strong word. Basically, they keep them in compounds <laughs> and not oh combat God. schools. And the children are tested regu- mm-hmm. regularly. And if they fail, they're sent to the fields, which are filled with shamblers. And then also, you can still buy and sell adults because slavery only ended on paper. So it sucks mm-hmm. in the South. Like, it wasn't great in the North, but it wasn't great. It was yeah. worse in the South. Yikes. Like, no one's having fun. Truly no one. Well, I guess the rich are having fun, but... <laughs> Yikes. So, during dinner, this preacher gives this speech. Honestly, I was reading it. I was like, oh, boy. Giving the speech, something about racism and Oof. the natural order of things and why Summerland was created and something about God. It was just some verbal diarrhea. And Jane is also equally unimpressed and is like, whatever. So, the next day, Jane goes <laughs> out with the rest of the patrol team. And their job is to patrol the walls of Summerland and fix any tears in the fences. And on the way, the patrol is basically seeing Negro spirituals, I guess, like kind of the equivalent, but yeah, it's a zombie story. So it's like less optimistic. It's not like down by the river or, you know, we will overcome. It's mostly just like, if you get eaten by a shambler, I hope you don't eat me. And if you die, I hope right. I don't have to kill you. And you're like, yikes. And it's like, oh, we saved white people, so it was worth it. And right. it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh God. No. Um, so yeah, I was crying. Before they get to the wall, they get to eat before they have to like go patrol, except the drovers never bring enough food because of racism. And so they have to scramble for food, and Jane doesn't get any <laughs> because no one should have to fight for food, but whatever. Right. And super duper quickly, Jane right now is with, I think it was what? It was like 40 people? Yeah. I think it was like 20 girls and like 20 boys, something like that. And, like, the fence that they have in Summerland is, like, very, like, weak. It's lovely right. just, like, it's, like, maybe 20 feet tall, maybe. maybe. I don't even think it was that tall. It was just, like, basically, like, this, like, kind of frail fence that's, like, supposed to, like, keep the shamblers out. That's, like, the thinking, supposedly. Right. So, yeah. Huh. So, they get to the wall, and half of them do mending the fence work which is i guess the better safer job but i mean nothing is better and safer when there's zombies and you're all stuck right building fences but whatever so jane being no one's favorite <laughs> is sent to 
like do the actual patrolling <laughs> on the wall. Also, none of the patrollers have real weapons. They open up a shed and they get worn out farming equipment because I don't know. No one in the society is taking anything seriously. Like I just racism mm. aside, like if you have people patrolling the wall, why on earth would you be like, oh, I guess you should kill them with a rake? What? <laughs> okay. Right, girl. And the thing is, it's like the idea is that like the patrols, like aren't they like on top of the fence? They like yeah. walk on top of the fence, and like if a shambler starts crawling up, they'll like beat it with like a right. spoon or whatever like, ridiculous shit they've been given <laughs> to like serve as a weapon. Yeah. It's, so and it's, Jane's like kind of sitting there wondering what happens to all the Miss Preston girls that come out this way because this makes no sense. Yeah. So while they're patrolling and being salty, two patrollers manage to fall on the other side of the wall and are attacked by shamblers. Mm-hmm. So Jane swoops in again to save them because that's all she ever does in these books is swoop in and save people. But of course, and they like manage to get back yeah. up the wall and Every, you think, oh, everything's great. This is great. Everyone's safe. But of course, racist Bill rolls up and freaks mm-hmm. out and kills one of the girls who Jane just risked her life to save, even though she didn't yep. get bitten. But Bill is trigger happy yep. and doesn't care about literally anything. And so the mm-hmm. other girl did get bitten. So Jane has to end her life too. And Jane's like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this place. So I didn't even make that connection that Jane literally risked her life to like yeah. save both these girls and they were both killed within like 10 minutes of all of it. Truly. So it was just kind of like, fuck. Right. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. Thanks. So oh, time passes and the patrollers get paid. And although the money mostly goes back to the general store, because apart from slavery, there's also predatory capitalism. And Jane decides to mm-hmm. use the money to not go to the general store, but to buy some fresh sheets and get her hair braided where she meets the slight skinned girl named Nessie who was spared from patrolling because the sheriff liked her. I guess that's relative, though, Mm -hmm. because she was forced into a brothel. So sexism and patriarchy? Yeah. (laughs) So. So. (laughs) This is like a super happy book, y'all. Like, everyone's, like, really having a great time. Like, hoes are, like, at brunch, just, like, chilling. It's definitely a dark dark humor type of novel. So Jane, in the middle of the night, is, like, thinking about the major who tried to kill her once when she was a child after he was finished fighting the confederates and she's like you know what i think i need to walk i think i'm a little pissed right now at the world so (laughs) understandably so so she heads out and she's like climbing on the roofs spider-man style you know cat woman type i was like how come no one sees this girl but whatever jumping from building to building i'm like who or what is right because like (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) like so she's like swings into a building or a house, rather. And conveniently, it's Mr. Gideon's house. And he is, like, half naked. This part feels like a teen novel, like a teen movie. But it's, oh, like, he's, like, half girl. naked. And he has, like, a gun pointed at her. Mm-hmm. And Jane's, like... <gasps> and it's, like... I feel like it's, like, the way, like... <laughs> <laughs> it was very much, like, the way, like, a black teen could fall for, like, a hipster in the 21st century. And it's, like... But he's anti-capitalist. And he, like, listens to Kirk Cobain. And he has a beard. Sue me. And you're, like, ah, fine. get it. <laughs> But anyway, Jane asked. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that whole scene was wild because dude literally had a gun pointed to her, Truly. and like Jane was like whipping out moves, like yeah. she, she was like spitting game. And I'm just like, Jane is not the type. Like, your <laughs> life is like like a gun is literally pointed to you, and she was just like, she's like, I'm just gonna like lean against the wall, super like cool, competent, yeah. and just like really, right, just like hella cool, and like just like lifted, and like I just have like you know magic energy, and like it was just. What are you doing? Jane. Girl, it was a lot. I was just like, Jane, I was hard to like sneak it out of your room. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'd be like a little more perturbed. Right. Anyway, the whole, whatever, what, whatever. Jane <laughs> it's, is it's, 17. So I guess there's like, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We had 17 was on the board. Yeah, me neither. 
I was, yeah, would not, would never have even left right. my, my room. But anyway, <laughs> it's fine. These are some nice sheets. Anyway, so Jaina asks, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and Gideon implies that he's not really sure himself, but it's probably goes all the way to the top and it's probably awful. And Jane's like, where's Jackson? And Gideon's like, he's dead or a shambler. And she's like, no. Yeah. But she goes back home. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's uneventful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, she did kind of just placidly go back to bed, and it was like, oh, I mean, that was yeah. like, like a really big reveal. I figured, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess she's upset. Like, like, she's moderately. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was like crying and stuff. That's yeah. true. That's yeah, true. That happened. There are tears. So, <sighs> like, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> time goes on, and it becomes clear things aren't, they're not going great here at Summerland. The black folks and the poor white folks are getting fed less food because more and more people seem to be moving in from the coast. So Jane decides she needs answers and she sneaks back into the rich white part of town where she finds Lily conveniently. I was like, oh, okay, Lily, I'm glad you're back in the story. And Lily is 100% done. It was like done. a hella buildup. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like real quick, Jane literally searched like two houses and it was like, Lily! And I was just like, bro, this is like the buildup of like 100 pages and then Lily just in the flesh. It was just like, wow, that was the easiest rescue mission. Right. What the fuck? But yeah, to be wild. fair, Lily is not happy. Like she has been hardened by her time here. She's like, oh, nothing's yeah. what it seems. Like what happened was they were in debt to the mayor and he sent them out here. And Mr. Spencer got depressed and sad and... I mean, little baby Thomas is over here napping, but like, shit's rough over here. And Dan's like, yikes, yeah. yikes. And Lily's like, where's my brother? And she's like, around. He's uh, he's probably around. I'm like, Jane, you know he's dead. What you saying that for? But she can't bring herself right. to, you know, it makes sense. She can't like, bring herself to tell him. So yeah, that's real. then Jane's like, hey, Lily, what's going on? Why is everything so depressive? And she's like, look, this is deep and it goes all the way to the top. And I don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to show you a place where you can find out ominous so jane against so she takes <laughs> really takes jane to this house in the middle of town and against my and oh every other reader's better judgment she's like oh let me just go into this house mm -hmm. this spooky house let's see what's down there so she goes down and she sees like basically this huge hamster wheel in a cage but instead of hamsters it's shamblers mm -hmm. And instead of water or food, right. they're chasing an old black man who's sitting just out of the reach. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you couldn't have put a rabbit. <laughs> you couldn't have put a horse. <laughs> you couldn't have put a person. Right. <laughs> Was it that deep? But I mean, honestly, Mr. Snatter and them literally call black people livestock. So, I mean, That's honestly. True. That's true. I was like, uh, it could have been a, a rabbit or a black person. And they would have been like, yeah, the equal in value. It's just like, like what well, the technically fuck? Technically, we need the food and we're not cannibals because that would be amoral. So, um, right. That's a line we can't cross. <laughs> Uh, so basically, they're using shamblers to make electricity. So and then Slick, again, like Batman, Gideon shows up out of literal nowhere. He just appears because mm -hmm. I, I guess everyone yep. in this book is a comic character. And he like takes Jane to his yep. lab where he explains that mm -hmm. he like wanted Summerland to be a technologically advanced egalitarian society where like shamblers would power electricity and also the wall, mm -hmm. which is kind of like Eli Whitney and the cotton gin. For everyone who doesn't know, Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin to stop slavery. He actually was opposed to slavery. And he was like, Guys, no worries. I got this machine. It picks cotton. Now it's not economically feasible for you to have slaves. And then, like, the racist white mm -hmm. South was like, Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But if we have the cotton gin and slaves, we make even more oh, money. And then, my God. Eli Whitney was the first person to realize that capitalism will kill everyone. <laughs> and he promptly was <laughs> Uh, but I get that, that's kind of Gideon's mode operata as well. He was like, I really was trying to save the day mm. and no one was listening. And you're like, Gideon, I knew you were a real one, but you still failed. So. Right. 
So Gideon gives Jane some peaches and she gives him a copy of Tom Sawyer. <laughs> He's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't never know what Gideon's actually doing. But um and she right. heads back to her. I mean, he's like kind of sexy, so I guess right. If he just gives her random peaches. It's like fine, right? Um, and it's like <laughs> whatever. You know, he's like on the side of good, so I'm like not that mad at him. You know, right? Anyway, so <laughs> she's like, all right, I guess I'm going home. But on the way, of course, nothing good could ever happen in this book. So she gets caught by the sheriff, and he decides yep. to make an example out of her. And this is like the hardest part of the book because they basically put yeah. her up in front of everyone and start a public whipping. Um, luckily. Yeah. Halfway through, Catherine intervenes like a true blue superhero. And she's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm just going to use this passing privilege and this men admiration to free Jane. I'm just going to turn in these cards like it's like a get out of jail free card in Monopoly. Like, can you just give me Jane back? <laughs> and the the, <laughs> the mayor is like, I mean, the sheriff's like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. So he, <laughs> he releases Jane. I mean, she does some like oh, very girl. eloquent speech. She's like, you know, she does a lot of like verbal sparring. It's like very impressive. You're like, oh, okay, Catherine. So Jane leaves <laughs> and then goes back to the Duchess's place where she kind of like helps her get fixed up. And everyone, the girls, mm-hmm. the Duchess, Gideon are like whispering about how terrible this is. They're like, this is awful. It really is awful. But Jane's like, I don't have time. Yeah, it's like really fucked up. Right. It's really terrible. It also happened all the time. So we can remember perspective here. This actually happened to real life enslaved black folk in the South mm-hmm. for a very long time. So just for context yeah so anyway jane's scheming she's like i don't got time for it we gotta get out of here so she's like all of a sudden Mm -hmm. works up this whole concoction where Catherine is actually a very very upper class female like from a big family but her beauty made like someone jealous it's like a telenovela she's like the beauty made someone jealous and then they sent her out here by her own (laughs) and she's actually royalty and she's a destitute royal woman and she makes this whole background story and the judges and getting are really like blinking their eyes twice like nah but everyone else believes it and like the story starts spread on like wildfire so mm-hmm. the point is jane realizes that the sheriff is in love with Catherine, and she's hoping to use that so that they can like get mm-hmm. out of the situation so later Catherine right. shows up and she's like what the heck but it's actually a ruse so she's playing the part too she's like my lord jane i can't believe you told everyone about my secret <laughs> and you're like oh Catherine, the actress um right <laughs> So Catherine was able to convince the sheriff to let Jane move in with her because she's so injured and, you know, she's a royalty now. She's famous. She needs to have her attendant with her at all times. And mm-hmm. so they yeah. then go to a meeting with the sheriff and Catherine's like, she also needs her sickles back. And the sheriff is just, I mean, he's in love. He just like, yeah, he's like, sure, sounds good. Whatever you want. And then the sheriff mm-hmm. is like being gross because he's awful. But he's interrupted by something. <laughs> like someone's Correct. like, oh, the wall's falling or the shamblers or the white walkers. I don't know. And then Jane and Catherine use that to escape and then snoop around and look around his office and they come across this map. When all of a sudden Jackson, Jackson hasn't been here since the beginning of the book, Jackson. Yep. <laughs> right. Appears and is like, sup. <laughs> and everyone's like, yo, we thought you were dead. And he's like, nah, I'm alive. Mm. And he's like, turns out Daniel Redfern is a real one. And he was ordered to kill me. But he was like, nah, man, here's a knife. Run that direction towards this town called Nicodemus which is a pacifist town. And that's where I think Miss Duncan, because you know Redburn and Miss Duncan, they weren't going to leave without each other. So Miss Duncan's the there. The two are never far. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently other people, I want to say it was like all the, pretty yeah. much most of the girls from Miss Preston were, yeah, were also there yeah. too. And it's like a pacifist town that's not racist. And you're like, woo. So now <laughs> Jackson's back. He's here to get Lily. <laughs> Arm himself. 
you know, because it's times up for the racism and the zombies. Oh, and then also he's like, by mm-hmm. the way, Baltimore is gone. He just says as a cliff note, he's like, yep. all of Baltimore? He's like, he's like, Fuck you, me, Baltimore's just <laughs> right. gone. Yeah, it's just been overrun by Shamblers. By Shamblers. So, yeah. Yeah, damn. Yeah. So that was also, yeah, just like wild. Because, I mean, really? I don't know, a part of me knew that, like, Mr. Redfern, I was like, he he has to be right. on the side of good. He has to be. Right. And so when slid in for Jackson, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, super glad that Mr. Redfern doesn't suck. Right. So basically what happens next is that Catherine then takes Jane back to like, you know, her bougie ass house, like in the rich part of town. And it was, it was like a really interesting scene because Catherine basically kind of opened up to Jane about how all of this is just very hard for her yeah. because like, you know, she, I mean, Jane figured that like she'd be making Catherine's life easier by being like, oh, she's a white woman. Like just like be white and benefit from whiteness. Mm. But in a lot of ways, Catherine was like, yeah, like it's really hard to like have to like say shitty things about right. your own people and to like hear the things that white people have to yeah. say and just like being forced into like that role. And also even to just like, Catherine, you know, is someone that like a lot of the men are attracted to in the book. And like, she's just like, yeah, like if people look at me, like I'm like literal meat. Mm. And she was saying that like, she doesn't really like, she gets it, but doesn't at the same time. Like, she's like, yeah, like people, like I see the way that like, you know, men look at me or like, I've seen the way that like you've looked at Jackson and Loki, the way that like, um, I think it was like Jane looked at like this girl. Oh my God. What's her name? Uh, there was this girl, but basically she was saying, um, Catherine was making some comparison about how like she like she knows the look of like lust in people's right. eyes. And Jane was like, Yeah, I low-key had like a fling with this girl at Miss Preston's and like <laughs> she like taught me everything I know sexually. And I was like, Yes, God. But anyway, um, so basically Catherine was like, Yes, like 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 I've witnessed a lot of this um in other people, but like I personally just haven't really felt that way towards right. really anyone. Like I've never really felt that like attraction, which is just like a really great moment of like I mean, the word asexual wasn't used, but mm. it was kind of like, a, oh, there's like an interesting like ace moment. And also kind of like, I liked how it challenged the whole like, yeah, like Jane was like, oh, she's like definitely into Jackson, blah, blah, blah. And then right. Catherine's like, I'm actually interested in no one because like, I'm not really into any of, it, any of this. And I was just like, huh, okay. We assumed. We were wrong. I was feeling it. So Catherine opened up about all the things. It was really dope. Yeah. And then basically all these like guys in town were like, oh my God, we heard that like Miss Devereaux is sick. So we brought her like rabbits and like, <laughs> I don't know, like vegetables and shit. And so like Jane was like, I'm actually not above taking food from these hoes. So she like took the food and they like had a lit ass dinner. And then basically like Catherine was like a little bit sick, but it was more so just she was just tired of like the bullshit. Yeah. It was like, like really like a, you know, I'm just like really ill right now. Um, but basically during all of this, uh, Mr. Gideon shows up and he's like, oh, we should like get lunch the next day. And Jane's like, bet. Then all of a sudden, randomly as hell, the sheriff shows up and basically is like, yeah, so I know you're all having like your like rabbit dinner, but like I actually need <laughs> Jane immediately. And then Catherine's like, please explain the reasons as to which you have interrupted our dinner for this bullshit. Come to find out. Basically, so you remember like the fence that like yeah. is useless and like it, like what the, what you was the purpose of it? Um, yeah, so it got breached unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. and there's like hell a shamblers like coming into town. Um, so basically they're like, yeah, we need Jane to like help defend the things. And so basically what ensues next is just honestly ridiculous right. because basically what happens is so they like <laughs> so they like so Jane's like okay whatever I'll join your like shambler fight thing <laughs> but also don't really have a choice because i'm a black person in summerland and will be killed otherwise right. so basically she's like okay whatever i'll join this thing so it's like jane a bunch of the patrols pretty much anyone that like was on any sort of duty even if you were like regardless if you were a patrol or not like all the black people they had they were just like girl y'all asses yeah. are fighting the fucking shamblers and then it was like uh, some of the drovers i think it was all the drovers but none of the rich people if i recall 
Yeah. Maybe? I thought it was like, it was like some of the drovers got scared, so they were like, oh, able yeah. to get some of them. Yeah, yeah. S- some amount of drovers <laughs> were there, but basically it was way more black people than drovers. Yeah. And so basically they're like, okay, let's like run towards the wall and like get these shamblers. And so like they're going, oh, and so they're about to go into battle and like Jane's looking around and she's like, <sighs> why in the hell are all the black people with no right. weapons? Like they literally had no weapons. And so um, basically... Jane was like, oh, like, I should, like, definitely say something. But then, like, at, earlier in the book, when, like, she first got to, like, the her first patrol duty and she was complaining about the weapons, they, like, physically assaulted her. So, basically, she was like, okay, I'll tell Gideon, who will then tell the sheriff, and right. then hopefully that, like, leads us to get weapons. And then, yo, check this shit out. Basically, <sighs> Gideon tells the motherfucking sheriff that, oh, yeah, black people don't have weapons, and if we're going to fight Shamblers, they, like, need, I don't know, weapons? Right. Um, and so, basically, right. he's like, oh, yeah, like, let's just, like, Show them the armory. So they go to the armory. They open that shit. Tell me why it is the most pristine, grade A, like just like hella good quality, like the best weapons. And Jane was like, you have got to be, you have got to be kidding me. Y'all had this shit the entire the whole time. time. Y'all had us fight shamblers with forks. Like, are and you spoons. kidding me? Right. Like cutlery to fight the shamblers. <laughs> Meanwhile, y'all have whole like swords and sickles and like all this shit. And it's Ugh. just like, y'all really in the art of pettiness and racism, just like endangered really everyone, everyone. by being... This ridiculous. But anywho, so basically, Jane's like, wow, I'm so tired of these motherfuckers. And then there was like this other, there was this like guy there, I forgot his name, but basically he was also like, yeah, like I'm so done with these hoes. Like I'm definitely about to like murder oh, everyone. Yeah. And Jane's like, same. And so they like bonded and it was like really cute. Um, but anyway, so basically they like get their weapons, they go towards the chambers. Basically, this whole battle ensues. Um, but it was weird because like, so two things happened that were of significance. So essentially, while they're getting prepared for battle, basically the sheriff is hella scared. Yep. And Jane at one point is like, yo, fuck it. Like, I need to live. So she just kind of takes over. Like, she like gives out commands because it's really dark and it's really unorganized. And like, yeah. no one really knows how to get in formation. Like, it's just like literal, like not even Beyonce formation. I mean, both that and also literal formation. <laughs> so they need to like have like an army shape to like fight the shamblers. And so basically she's like, yo, like I need, I just need to like take over. So she like takes over. And, like, Loki humiliated the chef, but not really because it was just, like, his own ego and, like, whiteness. That was just, like, I've been embarrassed. And Jane was, like, oh, remember how no one cared because we were fighting for our lives? Oh, yeah, like, no one really recalled how, like, you were, I guess, like, usurped or whatever. But anyway, so that happened. And then also, the Shamblers were acting weirdly that night because basically, usually Shamblers are very, they're kind of just, like, aimless. And, like, they they are described as, yeah, like, just, like, mindless. Like, they don't really have rhyme or reason or strategy. But basically... The Shamblers, like, they were, like, gauging their distance and, like, kind of being strategic and basically just showing these, like, elements of, like, intelligence. And so Jane was like, no, that's that's unnerving, but also we need to live. So let's just, like, deal with this later, figure that out later. So they fight the Shamblers and basically they win, but, like, a lot of people die, unfortunately. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, had the sheriff remained in power and Jane had taken over, everyone would have died. So at least some people lived. The next day, Jane's with Catherine. It's like low key nervous because she's like, "Yeah, like I was already whipped publicly, and like the sheriff clearly doesn't see it for me, and like mm. the fact that I like low key like embarrassed him or whatever, like Even he though, might like feel away." Once again, she was saving everyone's life, but as we've seen in the past, and in that's this book, a- it like doesn't matter. Like, j- <laughs> we're gonna talk about it with Curtis. With Curtis, True. we will talk about it. But uh, yeah, so basically. Jane's like nervous and Catherine was like, don't worry, Sheriff, like, I'll discipline Jane if necessary. <laughs> but then he was like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, she actually was really, really helpful. And like, we're actually really grateful that she was there. Thanks, Jane. And she was like, I don't trust this bitch for a second. Uh-huh. She was like, oh, my ass is garaz. Yeah. Did you hear the way he said that shit? That creepy intonation? Yes. Oh, my God. So then after this, they link up with Gideon for lunch. <laughs> um, and for lunch, they had to- <laughs> 
like, so for it was like that, a pretty <laughs> awful lunch too, right? Wasn't like some berries. Yeah, it was like, like a really <laughs> shitty lunch. Like, <laughs> like James was throwing like expressly shitty nothing. lunch. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, girl. Like, let's have lunch. And like, meanwhile, like they ate like cheese and crackers. Right. And it was like, is that really like they shared like two crackers among the three of them? But it was the best. Anyways, basically they get they get like I guess what constitutes as lunch in Summerland. <laughs> um, and they basically were at the laboratory and basically Gideon just like did this whole exposition dump where we find out hella shit. I right, so boom. So check this shit out. So we come to find out that Mr. Gideon is basically the mayor of Baltimore's son. So Gideon is his first name and Carr is his yep. last name, which is the last name of the, the mayor. And so everyone was like, oh, and then we also find out that basically, so remember how like Baltimore is just like no longer, like just like doesn't exist. Right. So it turns out it's not just Baltimore. It's also like pretty much all of Maryland right. and Delaware. And like apparently Pennsylvania is like next. So essentially the entire like Eastern seaboard yeah. is like being taken over by shamblers. Like this like giant ass horde of like thousands of like upon thousands of shamblers are just like, Taking over everything and fucking shit up. Mm. So everyone's just like, what? And then Gideon's like, oh yeah, girl. And then, and they're like, okay, bitch. Like, for, like <laughs> really? Then. Like, we just, we, we barely had lunch. Like, and you just like dumping all the shit on us. So they basically, cracker. apparently, right. <laughs> Let me have like the corner of this last cracker. Um, so basically, we also come to find out that basically the, sh- the horde, unsurprisingly, is like, more or less, it, it's only a matter of time before they get to Summerland. It is yep. probably going to be sooner rather than later. And also, they're, the Shamblers are exhibiting this higher level of intelligence mm. that everyone finds unnerving. And so basically, Gideon was like, yeah, so remember how we all were worried about Shamblers? And we were like, oh, like, maybe it's not like... It's like, no, nah, like, it's, like, it's actually <laughs> as bad as we thought it was going to be. And like, this is actually really grave and we need to... We really need to figure this shit out. So basically, this happens and they're like, well, like, fuck. And so like, Catherine and Jane leave and they're like, wow, like, that was a shitty lunch and now we feel sad about our imminent doom. Right. And so basically, they end up going to the wall where the Shamblers breached because they were like, okay, let's at least like try to figure out like... What's going maybe on? we could like the Shamblers' bodies and like see what happened. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we can like find out more information and maybe that can like, kind of give us some more context here. So they go to the wall and they come to find out that not only were the Shamblers made up of like, you know, just like the typical people of like whatever race or age or whatever, but like a lot of the people that turned slash were like, I guess, killed in the crossfire or like might've been Shamblers or turned during the battle were also some of the rich white people in yeah. town, which everyone was shook because they were like, what? Including Mr. Spencer. Mm. Like he was like among the dead and they were like, what the fuck? And so it kind of made this whole question of like, wait, so why are these rich white people even involved? Because Jane was thinking maybe what happened was that like, I don't know, the white people were getting, like, nervous. And so, like, the sheriff, to show them how safe Summerland is, like, tucked them to the wall. And then maybe that many, like, idle bodies, like, upset the Shamblers. And that's what, like, caused the breach. I don't know. It's just, like, this whole thing. And they're like, wow, this is a lot. So, basically, they're like, okay, so we need to, like, figure out what's going on. And we don't really have time. And so, like... Captain's like, okay, look, maybe we can, like, all of Summerland just, I don't know, consolidate into two buildings and we just, like, defend ourselves into perpetuity. And, like, Jane's like, that's a terrible idea. What we can do instead <laughs> is just, like, run and just, like, not be in Summerland right. any longer. But what their consensus was is that they're like, okay, so regardless of what our plan is, the sheriff has to go. Because, right. girl, this is not going to work Truly. if, like, the sheriff is around. So so they're walking back towards town and then run into Ida, who's like, yo, hell of <laughs> shamblers are, like, coming to town. And they're they like, like did we not just have lunch? <laughs> Gideon was like, yeah, girl, sooner rather than later. They're like, damn, like, we didn't think it would be, like, Today? 43 minutes later. Yeah, <laughs> Shit. Right. And there was literally a whole battle, what, yesterday? Like, what? Um. So Ida was like, yeah, like, the, the town's about to be overrun, girl. We got to do something. And then everyone's like, fuck. And so Catherine, like, runs to the sheriff to be like, I'm going to convince the sheriff to, like, 
I don't know, like something. not be an asshole. Right. And then like Jane's like, okay, meanwhile, while you're doing that shit, I'll be running around and warning everyone to get their shit and get the fuck out because like there's no hope. We just need we need to leave. So basically Jane runs to the saloon and finds the Duchess and like she got like physically beaten up and then basically she tells Jane that like she got beaten up because like um I guess the sheriff came to see her and like during their interaction like he found out that like Captain was black and like got really pissed and was like, Oh my god, I fell in love with a black person right. and then she was like, I mean Captain's still like a person. Right. But is it I that mean, deep? Is that I guess that's we're gonna, I feel like, like is it really I mean, I feel like you're just kind of like just just really just kind of violent for like no reason. Like, like battery? Like right. was that really <laughs> was that like, this necessary? Like it's like there's also like shambles like coming out of town. Right. And I feel like there's like bigger fish to fry, yeah, but like whatever. Anyway, so basically, did the Duchess like have <laughs> this like small like soliloquy as the, the sheriff was talking? <laughs> <laughs> he gave this aside for the readers. <laughs> oh, like, like it was like a whole two pages. I was like, wow, I really like learned about the Duchess as a character. Right. Like, I, like really appreciated it. So basically, Jane's like fuck, and so she like runs to the sheriff's office, and then it's some true like Wild West bullshit. Mm. Runs inside. Get, tell me why it is motherfucking the sheriff. Yep. The preacher mm. also the preacher is the sheriff's dad i don't know if he said that before oh. but anyway the two of them bill and bob who are both irrelevant but racist yeah. and Catherine. and so it's just like what is happening. happening and mind you there's like there's like a whole crew of people outside like starting to gather because they're like yo sheriff um shamblers are coming right and we're, like scared and the shambles like i'm actually really busy like being racist and like <laughs> caring about this like weird subplot more than y'all's lives and he's like what the fuck so basically it's like this whole thing and like he like Loki has Catherine like hostage and like Jane's like, oh my God. So clearly it's clear as day that like the plan is to kill both of them. Catherine's like really holding her own. Like she is really not breaking character. Like she's acting very Oh yeah. I was like, Catherine, I'm impressed. Yeah, she really uh, just like kept it together. But basically what happens is that like Catherine, um, so in this whole like thing that takes place, basically it's like, it's all kind of a blur, but essentially what happens is that like Jane uses this like opening moment to like kill everybody yeah. um so like and Catherine is able to escape and then as the pastor was dying jane reveals how like so jane's mom actually wasn't a white woman mm-hmm. her mom is actually black but is like passing white like Catherine. and essentially the reason why i guess all this was even able to happen was because jane's mom used to be a slave or, or rather used to be enslaved and she like one day was like with i guess the mistress of the major that like was operating in rose hill or whatever right and one day they were like in transit and like i guess got into an accident and like the mistress died and so basically jane's mom like assumed her identity yep. and just kind of like because they had never met each other so she like assumes her identity meets the major and then they just kind of like start this life together so basically yep. like gamed everybody everybody from the gate um and then we also just learned in general throughout the chapters that like i mean the major was just like just a complete motherfucker yeah. like he like at one point, like, strangled Jane and tried to kill her. Yeah. And then we also found out that, like, Jane's mom tried to drown her. Yeah. And then, like, when Jane was born, like, the midwife tried to kill her. So just people were just, like, trying to kill Jane for, like, oh, a I long am. time. And, like, and, yeah. And so basically, so what we were told in the book was that the major turned, and that's why he was killed. But what right. actually happened is that basically, I think it was the day after he strangled Jane, Jane found a pistol in her mom's, like, drawer and then, like, shot him while he was sleeping. Right. So she killed him. And I think he was also abusive to Jane's mom as well. I think he was just overall Oh, I think so, too. Man. Yeah. He's a really shitty person. Right. And so basically, she tells the pastor this, and was like you know this is like what's wrong with the world is like you know men like y'all who like do shit like this it's not even like the shamblers it's just like people like you who are just fucking awful and so it's this whole thing and so then Catherine's like wow jane you killed your own father and she was like yep 
So, you know. So, uh, they're shamblers. We should probably uh, <laughs> handle that and maybe deal with this emotional <laughs> impact Ooh. later. So then, bro, so then, okay, we're going to talk about this in the discussion, but then in the, the last chapter happens and hell <laughs> shit happened. Yeah. So boom, right, boom. So they leave the office and it's like a million motherfuckers outside and they're like, oh my God, shamblers. And like, oh, uh, and then at this point, the shamblers have actually reached inside the town right. and like, are literally in town. So people are just like running for their lives, losing their shit. <laughs> And they're like, fuck. So like Jane and Catherine are like, okay, like what we're going to do, we need to get Lily and Miss in the Spencers at least. And then we have to get the fuck out of town. Oh, and baby and Thomas. Like I, there's a baby Thomas. I don't know what he's doing, but he's- Oh like, yeah, there's like baby Thomas as well. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's a baby. We should like get baby Thomas. Like, I mean, he like doesn't deserve this. Right. So they're like running through town. They like run into the Duchess and like Nessie and like pretty much all the sex workers. And they were like, we're going to like join your plot. And they were like, great. And so they like are joined by all of these women. Um, and then- Weirdly, everyone was wearing a corset, including Catherine, right. and like they were running not nearly as quickly as, as they necessary. needed to, if they, especially if their plan was to like grab people and then leave. And so, like, Jane was like, Okay, we gotta lose these corsets. Truly. And then Catherine was like, oh, But I look fashionable. <laughs> and it was just like, Catherine, this just seems like I don't know. I feel like this would have been congruent with your character in like chapter six, but like, right, I don't know, right now it's chapter 38. Like, I don't know, <laughs> like haven't we moved per like, I don't know. Do I just feel it, whatever. Anyway, so basically, so she like cuts their corsets, they're like running and shit. They make it to, like, Lily's house. Come to find out that, like, I mean, we know that Mr. Spencer's dead, so whatever. And then Mrs. Spencer, we don't know what happened, but right. basically she left the day before and never came back, so she might have been killed. Unclear. Then, so basically it's, like, it's literally just Lily and baby Thomas, and they're like, fuck. And so they, like, run to the back where, like, the Spencers had horses. So they're like, okay, cool, so we'll get these horses and get the fuck out. So they go outside. They see the horses. These, like, random white guys are trying to, like, steal the horses. And so then, like, Jackson shows up and, Again. like, kills one of them. And then Lily's like, oh, my Jackson. God, Jackson. So there's, like, this whole <laughs> reunion. And it was just like. We actually don't have time to dwell on this because we need to get the fuck out of town. <laughs> so basically, Jackson just like shows up and then like at the right moment. When I tell you Jackson disappeared from the last time we saw him and then showed up just randomly, I'm like, yep. how did you even know when to... Where? Everyone? <sighs> so, I just... <laughs> Timing was perfect. Anyway, so basically at this point, the cast of characters includes Jackson, goddamn, Catherine, Jane, the Duchess, Nessie, everyone else that worked at the saloon, yep. Lily, and Baby Thomas. So our motley crew of characters like <laughs> mounts this horse and like gets the fuck out of town. And at one point when they like have left the town's borders, Jackson's like, oh yeah, by the way, you remember your friend Sue? Sue, by the way, we probably never mentioned because she really was only mentioned Irrelevant. once. But basically at the very, very beginning of the book, Sue was like one of Jane's good friends at the school. And like, we only really learned that because Jane was like, yeah, Sue's my best friend. And like, that was literally the, the last time we ever heard about <laughs> Sue. So Sue, I guess like had one of Jane's mom's final letters, which like, uh, I don't sure. know how that happened, but it happened. Um, and so basically he was like, yes, yeah, so I found Sue. And then like Sue like gave me like this letter. And I'm like, wait, you know Sue? And it, it was a lot of questions. But basically Jackson, Jackson has this letter from Sue. We don't have time for these questions because the shamblers are coming. Anyway. Right. <laughs> Gives it to Jane. And is like, oh yeah, I like read this or whatever. And so basically Jane reads the letter, comes to find out that Rose Hill Plantation where her mom lived has been like destroyed or overrun. I don't really yeah. know. Because basically she got remarried and like, I guess the second husband was shitty and like somehow caused the demise of Rose Hill. And so this she moved to a survivalist town very similar to Summerlin, but in California. Jane's like, wow, this is upsetting because all these places are terrible. So she was like, you know what? My goal in life is to kill the survivalists and like to end this whole thing. And so basically they like 
she's like, that's my resolve. And so they like run everybody, Jane, Catherine, baby Tom is all the of them. Whole, the whole crew. The whole crew goes towards like Nico Damas. And the plan, I guess at this point, it's not said, but it's like implied that essentially the plan is to like link up with like everybody from Miss Preston, right. Miss Duncan, Mr. Redfern, and then make their way to California. She's like, yeah, girl, we're going to California. And Catherine's like, bet. <laughs> and that's, that's how... It is. Yeah. So reading this, I didn't expect it to be a cliffhanger. I thought it was going to be just like a one and done I sort of novel. I thought that too. But yeah, so that's kind of how part one ends. Come to find out that I guess I think the, the second part is coming out early next year. Yeah, yeah. It's like one it in is. 2020 it's or something like that. on the website. Yes. So. But I would like to point out our predictions were not too bad. I mean, they really there was weren't. no love triangle, but Jane and Catherine do become friends. Mm-hmm. Mr. Redburn is a real one. Yeah. Gideon isn't an egalitarian, so that's good. True. That is true. And like, I mean, granted, unfortunately, the mayor misses. Anderson and Miss Preston are also alive. <laughs> at least we think unclear. Hey, maybe the Shandler got him, you know? Maybe. And at least, I mean, Jackson and James' mom, for all we know, are, I mean, we know that Jackson's alive, but hopefully at this point, James' mom is also still alive. So that's good. Yeah, so I guess like a slightly more uplifting ending than we expected, if you could call any part of this book. Right. Uplifting? Right. None of our favorites die, right? Like, Catherine's still around. That's good. Although a lot of the Miss Preston girls, they were sent to this place of basically... It's implied that Missy, like the real one that was uh, Jane's friend back in the day, was also quote unquote uppity and was like sent beyond the wall. So a lot of the Preston girls actually got got by shamblers. Yeah. Yikes. Summerland sucks. (laughs) Summerland just like, it was just like, it was a part of the book that just lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. I was like, okay, there'll be Summerland for like 10 hours and not 10 hours, like 10 chapters. And then like. It was the whole rest, the whole rest of, the of the book. Do you so. remember the Naruto arc when they're in the Land of the Mist? And everyone's like, why is this arc so long? It's like the... Yo! <laughs> yes! With Zabuza and Haku in them. That was it. Anyway. Well, hey, Oh, my God. This is great. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back... Yes. We're going to have a discussion with Curtis. So get ready. With Curtis. Yes. So get ready. We'll be right back. And we're back. Yes. So, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, we actually have a guest with us. So, we're actually joined for the discussion by Curtis, who created the podcast, I Found This Great Book. And so, Curtis, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners, kind of like get them oriented on who you are? Yes. First of all, thank you again for uh, inviting me on your great show. I'm I'm really, really impressed. And as I was telling you earlier, I'm I'm just going to hold on because I'm in the presence (laughs) of... uh, Two PhD literature majors, and I'm just. Oh a, my God. Uh, you were giving us no. so much. A, Thank a, you. I'm, I'm just some dude who, who kind of kind of like, I, I just finished my first year of freshman English, so I'm holding <laughs> on, but I really am uh, honored to be here. Uh, my name's Curtis. I have a podcast and website titled I Found This Great Book. It's kind of gone through some iterations, but right now my big focus is uh, building a directory of black mystery authors. Okay. So each week oh. I feature three different authors, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then the podcast will follow up and talk about that and over books I've read. It's just one thing. The whole idea behind it is to just build this resource and make it really 
mm. dynamic. But I like to get it to the point where it's kind of like a bookstore experience, but it's online. So you'll actually Ooh. be able to browse mm. through the covers, you know, because we all love going into the bookstore and looking at covers or right. just discovering all these authors. You didn't know that, you know, I didn't know these people here. So mm-hmm. and I'm always finding out new ones. So that's the big thing about me. I'm okay. A cool. Certified book nerd. I have a card. And uh, I get excited (laughs) when I go somewhere and, ooh, there's a bookstore, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's me. And Curtis. Yes. Are you one of those people who enjoys like the smell of books in Barnes and Nobles? Because I love. Yes. Right? Oh, my God. Or when you go into an older bookstore. Oh. Oh. Oh my like god. Pages. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all on a different level. I'm like, wait, books books have smells? Like oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. clearly new to the game. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's like new book smell and then there's like old ancient book smell. Yeah. Yeah, old leather bound, like, yeah. That just give me a good cheer and leave me alone for a couple of days. <laughs> there you go. Wow, I love that. Really quickly before we get started, I guess, what was your motivation of starting these resources? Like, I'm so curious. Oh, yeah, good point. Well, a couple of things. One, I love books. I love, you know, okay, so there's a little bit of story. Back That's when funny. I was in college, back in the 70s, 70s, 80s, uh, <laughs> when I was in college, <laughs> there was this show, Bob Law, he had this radio show, and he introduced all these great People, you know, black people were doing this, that, talking about mm-hmm. history. And then one day, you know, I, I used to plan that. I'd come back to my room and I'd be like, all right, turn it on. One mm-hmm. day I turned it on and they were playing some music. And I was like, what? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> and it went away. And I thought, oh, man, it would be great if you could build a magazine to do that. But fiscally, it was just impossible to do. You know, I didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. There weren't enough mm-hmm. people. What we have now available with podcasts and websites the cost has gotten so low that now you mm-hmm. can do yeah. things where you can build a directory of black mystery authors or black horror authors mm. and you can have it out there and the whole world can see it. And that's, that's true. the true. big piece. And the other piece is my wife, who I love with all my heart, is a writer mm. and I see the struggle. It's a real struggle. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, what can I do to help contribute I'm not a writer, writer, I, you know, but hey, I mm-hmm. know how to do websites and I love this podcast genre. So I thought, hey, here's a way I can contribute and have fun. This is my hobby. This is mm-hmm. my train set. And that's about it. Huh. I love that. I'm into this. Yeah. yeah. I am. Ugh. I, wow. I love that. And even just like, I mean, granted, I don't know what the, what the landscape is, but I mean, this directory sounds like something that we need. Like, just, like, this readily available, right. like, source of black mystery novels. Like, that's amazing. Oh, I love that. I'm so... Especially since black horror and black mystery, like, that's becoming more popular. We got mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. Out. We got... Yeah. So, oh, I'm into it. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Go, go ahead, Curtis. I'm, uh, I'm so happy that this is happening. Well, Curtis, before we start our discussion, we actually... Usually, we start off our podcast episode with a question. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... I have a hypothetical question for you. Mm -hmm. So you have just been bitten by a shambler and you feel yourself turning right now. There's no time to write a will. There's no time to do anything. You got like two minutes. And on your right is all the rich citizens of Summerland, along with all the drovers who've been making y'all work hard in the fields, you know, murdering people for no reason. And on the left is a wooded area where no one gets hurt. The only catch is that standing in front of all the rich citizens and the Drovers, is the one person you love the most. Which direction do you choose? I really want to get all those citizens and the Drover 
Right. But with the last bit of humanity I have, I got to run to the woods and hope that person I love will go out there and take my head off. Mm. Right. Uh. Uh, But I really want to get a bite. (laughs) You know, maybe I can fake it and get a bite before I actually Mm. turn and then run. (laughs) Right. Oh, so they think a little bit of revenge, you know? Mm. (laughs) Take down one person. So it's like right before you turn. So it's like you bite them and they're not going to turn, but they think they will. And they're like terrorized for a second. Oh, so that's petty. Oh, I like it. Oh, I really like that. Dang, mm, it's so funny. We, we think about that one. We answered this earlier in the episode, and like when I tell you, I was vacillating. I was like, "Oh, like I kind of want to kill all of them, but like, mm, but like, I don't know." Like it was just, I was, it was really a whole thing. But yeah, we chose also to just go into the woods because I'm like, you know what? Even if I like turned the person that I love the most, I'm like, they didn't really choose this, so I can't like mm. in good conscience. Even though I'm a shambler and I probably won't have a conscience, like it's like I can't in good conscience do this. Yeah, it's a hard one. Yeah. But yes, so I guess to kind of get our discussion started, we were thinking maybe we could just like kind of go around the three of us and just talk about our like overall thoughts of the book. Um, And then, yeah, just kind of jump into sort of like some part two analysis. Does anyone want to start or do y'all want me to start? I can start. Okay. Oh, it feels like a real book club. I feel I'm like I so into it. it. I'm so excited. <laughs> Who has the wine? Right. right. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Where are our snacks? For me, I really like the overall book. I feel like it's a very good historical fiction. I feel like it brings in a lot of elements of the time period. And then, as I said in part one, it kind of turns everything on its head by showing just how absurd slavery looks Mm -hmm. in the face of a zombie apocalypse. Like, we have zombies, (laughs) and yet the the peculiar institution is still more peculiar. And you're like, oh, my Mm. God. And it's so crazy to have those things next to each other because one of them actually happened. And it's not the zombies. Right. Um, So I really liked that part of the book. I thought that it was kind of cool to see, again, Catherine, who is, you know, there's hints of her being asexual, and Jane, who's a very strong female character, and all the relationships with each other. It's cool that they kind of show just the dynamics, right? The complexity of things. Catherine mm-hmm. is, is a white passing black female, but that doesn't mean that's necessarily good. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that Cora and I can't remember the other woman, but they have reasons for wanting to keep the system going because in this place where they have so little power it's the only power they have mm-hmm. and then the duchess is of course also being sort of the white femininity that doesn't have the social standing of purity and grace and how that then makes them unable to sort of access the privileges so seeing mm. all these different dynamics and themes in the stories was really cool and i really liked that i think that the dialogue is actually quite funny at times you know <laughs> um they're w- well written they're hilarious Catherine is always riding jane jane's always making a mess about everything mm-hmm. and just to see some of the scenes the tension is so thick like when the professor <laughs> that nonsense professor at the beginning who decides to bring the shamble into the meeting hall mm-hmm. the dramatic irony is amazing because we're all sitting there thinking this is a terrible this terrible going to go so left <laughs> like so quickly yeah. <laughs> and you can only watch so that was really great i did think that this story could have been two books you know mm. i feel like the reveal about the shamblers creating the electricity for the town mm-hmm. that was already a big reveal or finding out that mr gideon was the mayor's son i was right. like well, that could have been the end of part one like book <laughs> one you know so I, I did think the ending i was like whoa 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 more happened at the end right <laughs> the first half of the book so that part i was like hmm, interesting gotcha yeah. huh 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel very similarly. I mean, definitely like snaps in agreement to everything you just said. I would say, yeah, for me, I liked more than anything, just like the overhaul of tropes, how like everything mm. was a bit more layered and like, or just sort of more complicated, um, especially. And like, I just think about Catherine a lot in particular, just like when it comes to even from passing to even like her sexuality, like just how all of that is just like kind of not what you would necessarily expect. And even like at the very beginning, I mean, she was painted as this very like, honestly kind of shallow, sort of shady (laughs) character. And then like, (laughs) she just ended up just having all of this like depth to her that I was like, wow, this is really interesting. So yeah, I just, I liked how it used something as, yeah, like random and absurd as like a zombie apocalypse to like demonstrate the true absurdity and like the true, honestly, like ghastly nature of racism and oppression. Like, I mean, come on, like during like Summerland when like they're about to fight this whole group of shamblers and they're like, they're just like, oh, like black people can't have weapons. I'm like, oh, everyone is going to die. <laughs> no one will be alive if we yeah. do not give black people weapons. So yeah. like, how is this, like, like your racism is so thick that you can't even see past, like in the immediate face of logic. And like, this is just like the next thing that should happen. Like we're still holding on to this. It's just like, damn, like what's like the real sickness here, you know? Mm. Yeah, I really love that exploration. And also, I mean, ditto with the pacing things. When I tell you chapter 38 had 19 <laughs> reveals, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, Lily and Jackson just like reunited. But like, there was hell, I was like, were we talking about this like whole plot starting from what like page right. like 100 and like 20 and like now it's like 300 pages later and it's like this like really <laughs> abbreviated reunion it was just very like especially now knowing that there's a sequel like i feel like it definitely could have mm. ended earlier and then maybe just like had some of those things be explored in like a later text but i mean honestly i mean we'll see what part two looks like but yeah i felt like true, the pacing true. was like a little funny and it also even just some of the dialogue at the end i was just like like the whole thing with like they're running with their corsets and like jane was like Catherine, yes. you, you you cannot wear this corset and she was like but i'm sickening i look amazing <laughs> not, not my corset <laughs> i was just i was right. <laughs> i was just like Catherine, has there been no growth <laughs> we need <laughs> you need to cut your corset like this is not logical the ending was a little interesting but um but overall though yeah definitely agree that it was a really good text i really enjoyed sort of the symbolism and the complexity that it offered to everyone I agree fully. I, I had fun reading this book. And I did the audiobook version and I did mm-hmm. audio and also I had the Kindle. So at some point I was reading with it and mm-hmm. the narrator did a great job. I really enjoyed the story, the dynamic between Jane and Catherine, constant funny. I thought it was funny at towards the end where um Catherine suddenly started asking the sheriff all these questions and talking to him and then Jane's like, mm-hmm. Are you certain you should do that? And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> The whole reason why we're here is because you've been doing mess and now all of a sudden I'm I'm out of pocket, you know. So right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, wait a minute. And they're young. They're young people. Mm-hmm. And to have to do what they're doing in this world, I, I agree with you fully. It does show the absurdity of slavery. Like, y'all still holding on to this. Mm-hmm. But then I also right. understand I have a theory that the only God of this world is power. And um, people, they worship power. They will kill for power. They will Mm. do anything to have power. And when you don't have power, Mm -hmm. you're not in a good place. And I'm dealing with this threat. But if I just tear everything down and we all fight these zombies, well, now Mm -hmm. what makes me special? What makes me Uh, unique? mm -hmm. What makes me... I don't have any more power over you. See, the only way for me to end racism is to give up power. And mm-hmm. no one's going to give up their God. Mm. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And it's so interesting because, I mean, I mean, this is so 
salient and very much has been a justification for not only racism, racism, but all these other forms of oppression just since, I mean, yeah. times antiquity. But like the idea of like divine order, like I remember the preacher was always talking about how like it's just like the natural order. Like some of us are just better. And it was just kind of like, are you really roping in divinity right now to like right. to like justify this like clear social bias that like does not need to exist there's nothing objective about this and like the fact that we're using like this text to try to like co-sign it it's just like more than anything a lot of the white characters i mean save for like what i think miss duncan i think she might have been the only one that was like a decent person it was almost like cartoonish villainy i feel like people were so evil that i was just like wow you were just like evil like you were just like a horrible person but at the end of the day like what was at stake was just like with the zombie apocalypse it threatened more than anything yeah like that power imbalance right Mm -hmm. it's like with this zombie apocalypse it's like we have to unify in some way but like how do we still do that while keeping the power structures at play Mm -hmm. and it was just like that tug of war just like made people lose all of their humanity and i thought it was so interesting too because even Catherine, like jane initially was like oh she's a white woman and everyone's like what Uh, (laughs) like Catherine was then a white woman for half the book i loved how they explored how like that was not really i mean sure in some ways like i mean you had access to more resources right like you know day to day in terms of like treatment and stuff it could be easier but just like the dehumanization process that you have to go through to like assimilate into whiteness like Catherine was right. like i hate this who's winning like it's like sure you have right. power but like the way people talk to each other like the way they think of other people like this is like is this human like you know what i mean like it's just like right. it's like you give up so much just for that and it's just like a lot of these people were just so myopic that it's like yeah like they just became these caricatures of like villains <laughs> Oh, right, exactly. And it makes you wonder, like, what the true disease is. Like, are the mm-hmm. shamblers the one who've lost their humanity or is it the people who are around? I right. wonder, because it seems that, like, the shamblers are getting more intelligent. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. is this the concept of the dead actually are, like, the healthy people? Like, the shamblers Ooh. take over and that ends this whole institution. You know, I'm like, huh. right? Like, maybe that's what yeah. it's, they're trying to tell us. Right. Oh my God, wow. I find it interesting because like, if you look at history, Europe was able to take over a whole lot of countries because they had superior weapons. Also, mm-hmm. they came here with the mindset, we're going to take it over. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So if I have guns and steel and you don't, and by the way, I'm bringing diseases that are foreign to you, I'm mm-hmm. going to take over. But suddenly, mm-hmm. they were no longer top of the food chain. There was a whole nother mm-hmm. group just with sheer number and also because of their sheer number and because every time they killed one of yours, they increased their army. Right. Oh. You suddenly run up against an enemy that's equal. Yeah. People mm. do not fight people when there's a chance that I'm going to lose a fight. That's just human nature. You know, two lions are going to be a little more careful, but, you know, that deer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ooh, right. Deer better run. Yeah. And then talk a lot of shit and be like, yeah, like, I'll run up on this line or whatever. But it's like, oh, well, that's funny that you just, you never seem to actually no. be in attendance when it's just no. you and another line. <laughs> right. No. Like, it's just time like, to run. Right. That's true. Like when dudes, a whole lot of talking and fake swinging, but it's like, mm-hmm. you look like you can punch and I look like I can punch and maybe we should just... Uh, talk our mess and then hope somebody breaks this fight. <laughs> Let's just like talk about right. differences. I feel like that may be a more sustainable and like less painful solution to yeah. all of this. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. Mm. So the Shambler's really in a way are like a equalizer power wise, yeah. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good point. Yeah. And patriarchy, they wouldn't let go of that either. In classism, mm-hmm. they true. didn't let go of that either. At some point, you're just like, look, women were still at this level you were there for the guys and the guys still had to mm-hmm. protect you even though we really need to put a weapon in everyone's hand because mm-hmm. we're facing an army right that any one of us we lose is now going to become our enemy 
right the math just doesn't work out for us right mm-hmm. the more we lose people to shamblers like the more we lose they're still like you know what uh we got a cabinet here full of kitchen knives if you guys want to find the shambler <laughs> we got some napkins if y'all just want to just really really throw a napkin at the shamblers it's just like are y'all serious right now yeah oh my gosh the part that like really sort of like got me the most in this was just that like i felt like jane in a lot of ways like your social role right now is to like yes be this protector and to like really just protect like white women and like white femininity like that's kind of what you've been trained for but at the same time it's like it's like she's too good at it and so they're like we don't like that like when she like saved everybody mm. in baltimore or like stopped the horde from destroying all of summerland it's like funny enough how it's like you're doing exactly what society the standard they need to like hold you to but at the same time it's like you're doing it with such success and like confidence that people are like i don't like it and it's like jane right. has saved everyone multiple times (laughs) without jane the book would have been like a hundred pages long it's just funny how it's like you're both expendable like extremely expendable like you're just like not Mm. people can just like be replaced like whatever but at the same time when you have someone that like has like the longevity to actually like like someone like jane is going to lead to the end of this it's like people can't even fathom that like Mm -hmm. i think about how like when jane took over during the battle and the sheriff was like oh my god i can't believe like this like black girl had the nerve to like talk up to me and like blah 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 it's just like you are really sitting here in your feelings right now. And there are 800 shamblers. Yes. It's like, it's like what on earth? Right, like outside. It just, right outside. It's the same thing with Catherine, right? Like she was yeah. too beautiful. When your society is built on insecurity, so mm-hmm. much threatens it. Like, shamblers anything an attendant who's too good Mm -hmm. a black person who's too pretty you're like bang did you really need zombies to thwart this system it was like kind of on three legs already right like it was barely really standing up but like these zombies really just like it's like i just think about like the three little pigs it's like they just like blew this like straw house and it's just like crumbling but it was i mean it was still Mm -hmm. a straw house you know it wasn't really gonna last that long so yeah. So I was thinking, what did you guys think of Gideon's big reveal? Not about him being the mayor's son, but uh, about the fact that the city is being run by shamblers and a hamster wheel underground. I was thinking this kind of had some Eli Whitney comparisons, but mm. did it help anything? Mm. Maybe it was like a plot point that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm just yeah, because that seemed like a major thing. I kept picturing that right. big thing rolling around. Didn't anybody wonder, where are we getting this? power for electricity you know yeah where's i don't see any steam generators I, we're not <laughs> cutting wood down where, where are we getting this this is magic <laughs> right but then the dead are walking so at that point you know <laughs> right i mean I, right like the fact that your light turns on it's like i mean that's like the least of my worries, worries. at this point i have light oh my god funny enough that scene made me like feel for the shamblers in a way, like I feel like it granted them humanity in a sense, because it's like, it's like you start to see the beginning of a subjugation process. Because before that, right? Like, I mean, granted, the Shamblers terrorized the dog shit out of everybody, and are really just out here terrorizing everybody. But at the same time, it's like they do kind of just exist out in the woods doing whatever. They're just they're almost like animals, truly. It's like once you turn, like it's like you kind of lose that like human instinct and like people sort of like lose that human view of you it's like even if you look like a person that you used to be it's like at this point you've become this other thing and so it's not like shamblers are seen as good but it's like at least they're allowed to like just exist and roam and do whatever but then like being Mm. underground and being forced as this source of labor to again feed this like racial structure that like 
ironically this this zombie apocalypse is showing the cracks in and like the incompatibilities and like the absolute absurdity in but at the same time it's like you're being used as yet another force to like feed this racial system that like right. is really just subjugating everyone so it's like even though yeah i mean shamblers are heinous <laughs> it's also just like seeing them used in that way it was just kind of like Ugh. and then it's like and i don't know even like the captivity of it it's like at least in the wild you can just like kind of like like walk around but it's like fuck you're just like yeah. in this ball running around trying to attack this guy and like i don't know it just it made me kind of sad mm-hmm. and yeah. i was like is this because i hate everyone in summerland so much that i'm like <laughs> really team shambler at this point like i don't i don't know where this is coming from but yeah it made me feel it, it offered them some humanity and same with the whole intelligence thing like during the battle right. when they were like becoming smarter i was like it seemed really symbolic to me. I feel like it's like the beginning of like starting to realize that like a certain group is like capable of humanity. I guess how do you start to humanize, I guess in this case, a type of zombie creature that like wasn't really human and now is becoming human. And like, what does that mean in the face of this like power structure at play? Yeah. Right. I agree. Cause at first I was like, they're like mindless zombies. But then when you see that they have a semblance of intelligence, then you go back to the fact that they've trapped them downstairs in the hamster wheel and you're like, yikes. Um, <laughs> and it kind of makes you wonder like, what right do you have? You right. know, like to, and also the shamblers are like, kind of wilding but like no one's talking to i mean don't talk to them because they'll eat you right. but you know what i mean like right. we don't know their capabilities or their how much intelligence they have so you need to be like we're gonna throw them in the hamster wheels like a little bit you know self-absorbed <laughs> the other question is you are also putting the town in danger by needing to capture shamblers right. bring right. them inside the wall and <laughs> them run underground like this zombie attack very well could have come from underground you're just Woo! having shamblers on the ground. Uh, that's what I thought was going to happen. I was like, well, now these electric zombies are going to get out and static shock everybody, and it's going to be a mess. That, wow. Two things pop in my head when I think about the shamblers' power. First of all, what are they feeding them, or who are they feeding them? Oh, right. And then, is it that the shamblers are unintelligent just because they're unintelligent, or are they unintelligent because the people who are telling the story don't see them as intelligent? Mm. I always had a problem with zombie stories mm-hmm. i was talking with a person who writes horror and it suddenly dawned on me zombie stories really makes me kind of feel like how black people must have felt when they first were brought to this country because mm-hmm. everybody's oh. a threat there is no safe place for you to go mm-hmm. no matter where you run because of who you are mm-hmm. these people yeah. can attack you and take your life right. take your freedom oh my and then God. it's like that hopelessness of there is mm-hmm. no safe place it kind of starts, you know, I don't know. It just makes me feel feel a certain way because it makes me feel like, my God, for Ooh. somebody black who was brought here in the 1600s, 1700s, how did they, mm-hmm. how did they get up in the morning? Where are you going to go? And like in a zombie apocalypse, I'm always like, I'm out because I'm like, there's no Netflix. So <laughs> why so am I here? What are we doing here? Exactly. <laughs> but Curtis, to your point, like, you're dragged off that boat everyone is a threat and it is basically a zombie apocalypse like metaphorically and at least you know when the shambles bite you you turn and that's it yeah it's just over it's quick versus this like this is just your life you're just like subjugated to this like constant terror like at all times and it's funny because it actually made me think a lot in the book of like i mean yes jane is amazing and like Mm -hmm. is out here just like really saving the day and also her labor is rarely recognized but that's a whole other discussion but 
<laughs> Oftentimes I was like, Jane, why exactly are you fighting? Like, what exactly are you defending here? It's like, mm. sure, like, like, let's assume that, like, all the shamblers disappear one day. It's like, nothing is going to change. Like, your life is still going to be the same way. So, I mean, granted, yes, when it's like, there's, like, this state-enforced, like, you will go to this combat school and blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously, that makes it, like, more complicated. But right. at Summerland and stuff, like, you know, when the Horde was coming, like, I don't know, I, I, I could have easily seen, I know this is kind of graphic to say, but, like, I could totally understand people just being like, you know what, girl... This is it. You know, like at this point, right. it's like, what exactly are we fighting for? Like, what are we just like fighting oh, one type of one type of zombie just to like, you know, be left with another kind once we're done? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like we're going to be left in this like subjugation afterwards. So like, what the fuck is even the point? Uh, part of my language is like, what's the point of even like trying to even defend these people at this point? Mm. Is it a society worth saving? Exactly. It's like, or should we just let it be restarted? And, and I mean, sure, a lot of people are going to die if that happens. But like, I mean... The status quo is like not, not great. Like it's just like mm-hmm. not a good space to be in. So yeah, it just made me kind of think about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We don't know if being a shambler would suck. You know, yeah. they you seem know. to be fine. They're walking. There is no money system. They have a group. They in groups. And- <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, they got limbs falling off, so that's not great. But but. <laughs> Yeah, and I wonder if shamblers eventually die. They say that as they get older, they're moving slower and stuff is falling off. So maybe maybe they have a shelf life if you had just left them. The other thing that popped in my head when we thought about those shamblers in that cage is uh, maybe all those shamblers are trying to get in because they were trying to get their people. Oh Oh, my god. Other places, but you don't know. They had them you know, They've got my. There. They've got my brother. They've got my wife. They've got my. Oh my father. god! We're going to go get our people. Man, if you turn this story around, these guys are truly the villains. Yeah. Like, everyone in Summerland. It's a new slavery. You know what's wild? Shamblers can be any kind of person, and the groups that like that attack are usually really diverse. So if that was the case, that like the horde was just coming because they like are trying to save their own it's like it's interesting to have this like racially unified truly egalitarian group i mean as far as Mm. we know that's a good point caping for one another it's like is this just an example of like a group that like is capable of saving one another but at the same time like not on the backs of other people you know what i mean like it's like we we can just all be equal but like all just like support one another. are shamblers like oh my god wait (laughs) the shamblers are what all the people should have been right yeah they like you know i don't care what you were we just trying to eat people Exactly. Right. We all got the same <laughs> goal. We just eat. They're more. like, y'all see that horse? I mean, we could yes. uh, we could split it. Yes. Like, you know, right. everybody eats. And even their formations, it's like the younger ones are usually in the front, kind of in some ways, sort of defending the older ones because they knew that they weren't mm. as capable. It's like this is like really, huh? I, wow. Maybe I, I'm Team I, Shambler. I'm mm-hmm. high key caping for the Shamblers. At, at the, I mean, love Jane. Love, yeah. love Jane right. down. Jane's great. But, <laughs> I mean, I feel like the Shamblers symbolically are just like, there's more to root for than with everyone else, truly. Because it's That's just true. like, true. oh my gosh. Wow, that is so, wow. Huh? I wanted to ask also, well, I, I had a question about the passing thing, but 
before we get to that, I kind of wanted to ask about this vaccine thing, right? Because we see it twice. Mm. First, yeah. it's just woefully un- unsuccessful. Like, woefully, disrespectfully <laughs> a bad idea. <laughs> like, truly a bad idea. And the second time, Gideon brings it up and gives Jane a shot, but it never really comes up again. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm wondering about this, like, intersection of, first, the intersection of science and racism. And then, do we think this vaccine thing will have, like, come back in the plot again in book two, or we think it's just dead in the water? Hmm. Because it could be a game changer if there's a vaccine. Right. I feel like it... I actually have no... I I was going to say super confidently. I think it will, but, like, I have no reason for thinking that. Like, it's just one of those things where it's, like, it was brought up, and I feel like it could be a plot device, so that's literally the only reason. But there's nothing in the story, or at least how it ended, that lends itself to be like, oh, yeah, the, the vaccine definitely... Has some kind of effect. That's true. So, true. I mean, maybe. But even then, it's like, ooh, or what if, um, actually, never mind. I was going to say, what if, like, the vaccine works, but, like, no one knew except for Gideon, and he was, like, strategically giving it to, like, all the black people? Oh. Yeah. But then so many black people died. Right. So then yeah. I'm like, oh, but I'm pretty yeah. sure Cora got the vaccine. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. Like, Gideon reminds <laughs> me of folks that have worked. Oh, no, no, no. This works. And, like, uh, dude, it don't work. <laughs> Nope, actually, nope, nope. I believe it. And because I said it, that means it's true. And you're like, dude, you are not God. Um, Come on. First of all, you got dead walking. So why don't we figure out right. how that happens? I mean, and the fact that people can keep religion going when the dead are walking. Truly. That, doesn't that kind of upend wow, some of the key tenets? You know? That, <laughs> that's <Huh>. true. <laughs> that's a good point. You know, so. A part of that, I think, is, you know, I'm in power. I'm the smart guy. I know it works, but I've not tested it. You know, I've tested on myself. And kind of mm. like you tested on yourself, but did you get bit? No. Right. <laughs> right. So we just know it won't kill you, but right. <laughs> that's all we know. Yeah. And that's like, a good point. it would make sense because, I mean, he is riding on a lot of privilege. I mean, yeah. what did he say? He was like, oh, oh. like, I learned so much here that I would have never learned at Harvard. And I'm like, girl, Harvard was around during this yeah. time. <laughs> like, it's just like, it would not surprise me if Gideon was just hella confident. It was just like, yeah, like I am doing this like rebellious thing, I guess, against my father. But like, I'm still riding on the same privilege. Yeah. High key. And this is like a way for me to feel slightly better about like my like white guilt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. But then that's like almost more insidious because it's like on one end you can be like, oh, like, at least I'm giving this vaccine that like is helping people. But if like the vaccine doesn't work and Gideon knows that the vaccine doesn't work, then wouldn't that just lead to people being like slightly more careless because they have the vaccine? True. So it's like you're leading to like this higher death toll that like doesn't really need to be the case. Wouldn't it almost just be better to be like, look, here's the dangers and there's no protection and you just literally have to fight for your life rather than being like, oh, well, like if I get bitten, like, maybe it's okay. And then it's like you turn and then everything is. You know what it is? Over. Gideon is like a well-intentioned white man. And yeah. like sometimes, um, what was it MLK said about the moderates? Um, he was like, the moderates are going to get us killed. Yeah. Back in the 1960s. Like in a structure that is racist, maybe a vaccine is not enough. Maybe it's an over. You need a whole toppling over, which goes back to the shamblers being good guys. I'm really right. with this. <laughs> I'm like really with it too. <laughs> so then uh, Curtis, I wanted to ask kind of your thoughts about... um. Catherine being able to pass and there seems to be actually a lot of Jane even has a little bit of privilege in that her mother is white passing and I wonder how this story would have been different if they didn't have access to that privilege and that power because I I was reading and I was like I love Jane I love Catherine I like how they're using their whatever they got to do what they got to do but I did wonder like what happens if you don't have 
Well, maybe you're just I Cora. Think, I think there, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of those people that died early. That's the challenge. Yeah. I feel for Catherine. Truly. She was pretty. She hated her face, but also talked about her bosom, her ample bosom and mm-hmm. her light skin. So there are a whole lot of things because you're talking about the male gaze. And so guys, oh, yeah, look at her body. And so, yes, that can get you attention, oh, but it also <laughs> gives you the wrong kind of attention. True. And her face, oh, I want her because the whole thing of possession, either, you know, to use her for sex or just to possess mm-hmm. her because she's beautiful or... The fact that you could be a part of our world, but she couldn't be who she was. And also, she had exposure to being treated like someone black. So once that happens, you develop a certain empathy. Mm -hmm. It's real hard to suddenly switch back up Mm -hmm. and not remember wait a minute, when you're saying that, you could be saying that about me. The only difference is is what you think I am. Yeah. It's very tentative. I really understand. I really empathize. I don't understand because I'm not. A woman, but mm-hmm. I really empathize with her. And I think that the things she's going through are really no different than what a lot of women go through, either because mm-hmm. of the way they look, because of their physical body. One point where she was ready to suit up and go fight, he said, No, mm-hmm. you're a lady. You can't do that because of this role we're playing. Mm-hmm. But she's like, My friend is going out there. Right. You could die, and I can't help you and i actually am a good fighter right but that's a good point i can't i'm just as capable as you are jane but i can't Mm. that has to be super super frustrating it's like someone's constantly tied your hands and tied your feet Mm -hmm. and you know like i can outball lebron james but Mm -hmm. i've got to wear a suit (laughs) that weighs 100 pounds every time i go on a court and it's like if you just get this off of me Look at all these things I could be. And I can understand why she wasn't interested in a relationship with anyone. One, because mm. of her past experience. And two, because of looking at all the attention, it wasn't anything special. That's and true. it always came with a string. And it would have been different if someone had just let her be her. Yeah, Because anytime dealing with a man meant either I'm going to use you for your body or... I'm going to make you arm candy. Mm. So why would I want to be with a dude then? That's true. And it's almost like femininity is a cage. Yeah. Like people don't realize that, but there's Mm -hmm. like a social, well, people do realize that. What am I saying? It's 2019. People realize that. It's (laughs) like, um, (laughs) I came up with this great concept. No. Um, But right. Like the inability to do as you wish and as you please it's the double-edged sword of this sort of quote-unquote getting protected, which, by the way, you're not going to get protected because there's shamblers no. overrunning the whole town yeah, the, and none of the people And these dudes can't protect you. You can outfight most of these dudes. You're right. So you're like, great, now I got to sit here and pretend like I can't do this better than you while these shamblers overtake me. And it's like, mm-hmm. even if these men had been good people, it sounds like Catherine is just isn't really interested in romance. Like, yeah. Which is also in the society where asexuality is not recognized. Like, how do you, you know? Right. So it's like this additional frustration of like, I'm not even like part of this. It's like, it's like, I'm not even trying to engage in these rituals and this nonsense and like all of this. And yet I'm still subjugated to like the same, like, social pressure and expectation of like being reliant on men in this way and like having to like do this like whole like truly performative in every sense dance with them to like you know I guess feed their egos and like all of that and but in some ways I don't know it's like while that's really obviously very shitty it's like in some ways I kind of like 
if we're going with the with the idea that like Catherine is asexual, like I kind of liked the exploration of beauty and asexuality and like how granted, I don't know what Catherine's motivations were, but like and you know, in a lot of ways, like Catherine being very like put together and like, you know, just having this like mm. really putting effort into sort of like how she presents herself. It's like I kind of liked the exploration of that just being like for herself or like for her own enjoyment rather than like ah. oh like I'm trying to do this to like attract, you know, a man or whatever. Right. It's like I'm just like it's like I'm just like exploring like I'm just expressing for myself me. this way because like for me. And granted, like yeah. I'm not sure if that's a nuance that people peep or they capture, but it's like that's kind of nice to see that like because I feel like there's a lot of like social stereotypes around like asexuality that like uh, there's a lot of like bias that people and like misunderstanding right. that people have. So it's kind of nice to see that like the idea of like beauty or even like that doesn't have to for always anyone. intersect with a sexual intent or like a sexual attraction or like this desire to like pull in someone else. It's like it could be about yourself as well. Mm. And that's even true for femininity, right? They're like, mm-hmm. well, if she hadn't been wearing that, she yeah. clearly wanted me to because she was wearing that. And you're like, no, you know, people just like shiny things sometimes. It, has <laughs> right. to do with it was a really, really nice outfit. So I just wanted to wear it. Yeah, because basically for women, <laughs> men are kind of like zombies. But to guys feel, oh, oh, well, you looking good means I could step to you. And could it be I just want to look good? And I really yeah. don't want you to step to me. I really kind of like to just walk down the street without you saying something off the wall. I don't want you getting on the bus and telling me to smile, you know. But isn't it another form of eating you? It's eating your peace, oh. eating your space, oh. eating your humanity Oof. that you can't oh my just God. be you. Facts. I, I really feel for Catherine and Jane, but I, I definitely understand the fact that she can't get peace mm-hmm. just being herself. She can't even be herself because yeah. if she truly starts being herself, she loses power and mm. she loses her safety. Mm. That's mm. a good point. It's tenuous. Whereas yeah. Jane can just be this killer because that's all right, fine. She's a killer. Good. I've got a box to put her in. Fine. She's still in danger, but she's helpful. But for you, we had you as this one thing. And if you step out of that, well, now you're not safe. Yeah. And we see that at the end. Yeah. That recoil, it's like, I don't want to necessarily quantify it, but it's like, Jane was never read as a white woman, so, like, they treated her accordingly. But, like, to be a black person that, like, was once treated humanely or treated like a white person, and then, like, to find out that you are actually black, that violence that you would then be subject to is, like, has that additional fury of, like, I can't believe you, like made me treat you like this it's just yeah it's a, it really complicates how yeah in some ways it's more convenient but like the risks are like really fucking high yeah like if yeah. they find out that Catherine's black like it's like like girl like it's gonna be yeah. a whole situation so yeah it's like yeah Catherine just oof that could be the same danger that a a trans person faces a lot of trans who've been murdered because someone found out yeah. they weren't who they thought they were and mm-hmm. then because of that, since I got to have power, I feel threatened. Mm-hmm. I'm going to attack you as opposed to, okay, fine. That's you. Why do I have to kill you? Because I right. thought I, I was wrong. You know, that's Good not point. to make it downer, but. <laughs> <laughs> Can it get more down than as I mean, we just chose a really uplifting book here. Um, but. Just really quickly, I wanted to comment on what you talked about in terms of like violence against trans people. I also find that really interesting because similarly in a way, especially when we're specifically talking about like violence against trans women, like often men who would do things like this, there's this narrative that like they were somehow deceived, Mm -hmm. right? That there was like this deception of like, oh, this person like 
made me or wanted me to think that they were cis and then blah, 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 blah. So like I had no choice but to like, you know, enact this like horrible violence. But at the same time, it's like the only one that assumed that was you. Most of the time people are just being themselves and like you decided that like you were the one that had the bias that was like, right. oh, any person that I'm ever going to be attracted to is going to be yeah. cis. And so it's one of those things mm. where it's like a similar like, you look at the share of being angry at Catherine and it's like, I mean, granted Catherine in this case is playing more of the game. Like, cause like she's actually trying to, but ultimately y'all, y'all are so aligned to like this bias and this privilege of like, this is the only kind of person that I'm ever going to humanize and like be romantically attracted to or whatever that you right. like, you relied on that assumption to get there. Catherine was just being Catherine. Catherine's skin was no darker at the beginning. Right? Like it's like, she yeah. just like was the same <laughs> person same and y'all decided that like, exactly. It, it's an interesting intersection of like that oppressive bias of like having mm. this box of people that like you're going to humanize. And then like finding out that someone like for whatever reason doesn't identify in this way. And then like feeling weirdly justified to enact violence on them. Yeah. So right. Right. just yeah, a mess. I also thinking of like the power dynamics, like okay the drovers to me don't make any sense and yeah. the antebellum self they make <laughs> sense because you could get some property i mean it's oppressive and you're wrong right you get some property out of it come but on when there are zombies everywhere i am not sitting here trying to uphold this society when at the end of the day i might get property but it's covered in shamblers like exactly <laughs> what their motivation is you know mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but I'm still better than some black person or Indian. Uh, exactly. It's again power. It comes back to power. It's just people are just my God. Like oh my God. Oh, people are just. <laughs> like, I like can't even speak. I'm just like so disgusted. Um, that's people. But even um, yeah, true. Even when societies are homogeneous, people set up class structures. Mm. That whole thing of power. I. We just can't all be the same. Even though with all these zombies, we really are the same. We're just meat. <laughs> we're just right. food. We're, we're, we're a bunch of gazelles <laughs> surrounded by lions. And maybe we should stop fighting each other. Right. Right. That's a really good point. But something I definitely wanted to talk about for sure is just, I guess, this idea of like atonement and like murder. Because I feel like at the very end, mm. amidst all the things that happened, you know, it's revealed that like Jane basically killed her dad and then also killed all these white guys. And like... There was this like moment where like I think it was Catherine or somebody was like I'm not sure if God will like that. Like just some they, there was basically this like moral judgment of like Jane for having committed murder and like I remember when they were running away from the town like she had a moment where she stopped and thought about it and was like yeah, I've like killed people. It was like this like kind of brief exploration of like morality and I guess morality. to a certain extent like mm-hmm. atonement. Yeah. And so I don't know, it was interesting because me reading it, I was like Jane was completely justified in all of this. Like it was like there was mm. no part of me that was like that found what she did morally reprehensible or like honestly anything that I would have done differently. Because truly the odds your choices were kill them or be killed. Like it was really you really did not have a choice. And so and even like with her dad, it was just like it was only a matter of time, right? And so it was just like I found it interesting how like this idea of like I need to atone or I need to like in some way recognize sort of like the moral failing quote unquote of like what I had to do to survive. But at the same time, it's like we're offering this like additional sort of like humanity or sort of like willingness to like look at our actions morally based on people who like would never have done the same in reverse. Like if they killed Jane, they would literally never have even thought about it. Like it was not even mm-hmm. like have been a thought. And it's like to have to sort of like 
think about it even though these people were like out for blood and like would have easily killed you like like it was nothing that just called my attention and i was like that's a really interesting uh. like just another example of like jane having to like do labor that no one else is doing yes. or recognizing <laughs> but whatever <laughs> so that's such a good point because it's not reciprocated right as we see from the actual history of slavery like there's a lack of reciprocity as far as humanity goes right but if you're a person who's not ill, and this is why I think in the book and kind of it shows that like racism and hatred is an illness. If you're in a person who's not ill, to take from someone does hurt you. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Mm. And so so it's not that Jane is out of sorts, or at least in my opinion, out of sorts for, for wondering, you know, about what she's done or her loss of innocence. It's that there's something wrong if you don't. <laughs> like, yeah. There's something wrong That's if you like really don't, good point. you know? But I also wanted to know if you guys thought if there was any way the series could end on a happy note. Like, what are our most... Because I was like, <laughs> zombie no- movies are always depressing. <laughs> you know, if you ever see Dawn of the Dead, everybody gets got yeah. at the end. Oh, but girl. Do you think that the zombie apocalypse will only end with the end of racism, basically? Like, the psychological end? Or is it just like, sorry, guys, zombies for days. Get on a boat. Try Europe. <sighs> I just- Although there's zombies <laughs> in Europe, too, right? I guess. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, there are. Yeah, because during the conference they were like, "Oh yeah, there's zombies in Europe," and I'm like, "Fuck!" Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's just like nowhere is safe. Honestly, I because I mean I want to say optimistically, if there was like a unity across people and they were like, "Look, we have this common adversary. None of us want to turn. So let's at least try to like disband these ridiculous power structures and just like." do what we gotta do even if that happened i don't know i feel like even if the zombies or the shamblers just like stopped being a thing or if they like got rid of all of them like i just feel like it would go back to what it was i don't know like i'm not mm. optimistic that like it would true i feel like it would be like it's like okay we're gonna like pause racism real quick and then like press play when like the zombies are gone you know it's uh. just like i don't trust that like this is like an illness that people would see past even after the apocalypse so i feel like the honestly the only solution is just everybody dies um (laughs) i just feel like it's like i don't i don't or at least like the people who are upholding this like racist patriarchal like ridiculous system like those gatekeepers the people who are really holding on to that like those people would have to go similar to the sheriff and then maybe if Mm. if there are people like gideon left over maybe maybe it'll be fine but even gideon i don't know i'm like girl i don't fully trust it so i mean gideon's disappeared slick so we don't know yeah we, right we don't know no what idea happened. that door locked door and right that, that was kind of like what okay right they just locked them out gideon. like rude uh anyway um yeah so i don't know i feel like okay i feel like everyone has to die so um mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do y'all think <laughs> I, I don't see a way to have a happy ending I wonder if somebody could write a zombie romance story since they always had to have a happy ending. But I, I just, <laughs> I I mean, it's an overwhelming thing that's always there. But isn't that right. what sexism, racism, classism is? It's an overwhelming thing that's always there. Mm. You just got to find your way in it. You got to find yeah. your peace in it because that just doesn't change. Ooh. Unless you're the only person Ooh. on the planet. Right. No, that's... Mars has, you know, I hear Mars is it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really looking at real estate on Mars right now? <laughs> it's just, what's the property value on Mars? Yeah, it's like... just that whole making oxygen problem. That's, right. Right. That's a full time. And water, food. you know, water, oxygen. Right. right. You're, but you're the rent. The basics. Oh, the rent's cheap. Right. You know. <laughs> 
But Dude. apparently the rent's not looking bad, so shit, you know, it's an option. <laughs> like it's cheaper there than Detroit. It's it's cheap. You know, come on, listen, <laughs> listen. So yes, <laughs> so we have been talking for a while, but I guess before we sort of like wrap up, did y'all have any sort of like other points or thoughts, or just yeah, just like other things you wanted to expound on? No, I'm excited to read the next book. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, I would love to see, because I've read one of our other books, Vengeance Bound. It was a good, it was a young adult book. Mm -hmm. I like her style. I would love to see a short story just talking about Gideon's experience in Summerland. You know, like you said, he had this portal where he would just pop up. So it'd be nice to... (laughs) Now, what the heck were you doing all that time? What was your... Right. It doesn't have to be a full book. I mean, just so, like something you toss to people who might, oh, if you want here and here's something, I, I, I'd pay you two, three bucks for a little short story. Right. Just yeah. his perspective <laughs> on what was going on. Yeah. He's actually Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Right. No, that is so real. Yeah. Like, like Jackson really did vanish from thin air and then show up twice. That's true. And then the book ended. And I was like, what? And then I was like, also, who who is Lily? Like, we really only had like one conversation (laughs) with her. Like, I'm just like, there's like a a lot of questions. Like, what is her motivations? Right. She like went rogue low key. It was like, yo, like, like carrying weapons and shit. And I'm like, what happened? (laughs) Like, what what is going on? That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope some of the plot points are expanded upon like yeah i agree good point we'll see but yes i just feel full after this conversation like i just really enjoyed this exploration yeah. and i just loved like i just like love that this happened like thank you so much yeah. curtis for joining us this is amazing thank you. i am again i am so fun. honored to uh have a chance to talk with you guys and it was really fun i, I, I liked the book and it was fun having somebody to bounce crazy ideas off of (laughs) yeah where can our listeners find you the best place is go to ifoundthisgreatbook.com that's my website all the links links to subscribe to the podcast social media all that good stuff Mm -hmm. is there if i'm going to post anything i'll post there and every monday wednesday and friday there's a new black mystery author being uh, mm-hmm. revealed Ooh. matter of fact one just went up today and there's one scheduled for wednesday so yes yes uh yeah i've got about a hundred i've got to get through so i'm hoping by april i'll be caught up with the list i have i kind of started this mm-hmm. list if i could say real quickly uh from frankie's oh, yeah. list it's on sisters in crime so i was googling trying to find black mystery mm-hmm. authors and that, that list came up and it was a list that frankie bailey who's a criminologist and mystery writer started worked on Ooh. and eleanor taylor bland originated it and then frankie bailey mm-hmm. have it and right now it's just a list of names so i'm trying to make it a little more immersive and kind mm-hmm. of i've always wanted to own a bookstore but kind of a hard proposition mm. now so this is the closest thing I can have to curating a bookstore that is just targeted to this one niche. It's just black authors who write mysteries so that mm. you can go to it, browse around, and just have fun. So I've got about 10, well, 11 people up now. And uh, mm-hmm. again, every week, three more people. Wow. I'm, All right, guys. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, you heard him. So, yeah, so definitely 
check out those resources. I, I found this great book. Again, Curtis, thank you so much thank for being yes. part of this discussion. It was also just like super fun having someone else because I mean, Akko, love you yeah. down. But it's like really nice. Yeah. Having like a gr- kind of like a group discussion, you know, just like. It's fun. Yeah. So this is really, really great. Definitely. And yes. And I guess just to like plug ourselves really quickly. Obviously, everyone. <laughs> I mean, y'all know the drill. Or not, if this is your first episode, <laughs> in which case, welcome. We have a Twitter at The Colored Pages, as well as an email address at thesecoloredpages at gmail.com, as well as a website at thesecoloredpages.com. And yeah, so I guess, Akko, is there anything else we should leave our listeners with? No, but I do want you guys to remember that until we see you again, just remember to stay, stay colorful. colorful.